The fortress is taken. It is over. You said this fortress would never fall while your men defend it. They still defend it. They have died defending it. No other way for the women and children to get out of the caves. Is there no other way? There is one passage. It leads into the mountains. But they will not get far. The Urukai are too many. Send word for the women and children to make for the mountain pass and barricade the entrance. So much death. What can men do against such reckless hate? Ride out with me. Ride out and meet them. For death and glory. For Rohan. For your people. The sun is rising. My coming at first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Yes. Yes. The horn of Helm Hammerhand shall sound in the deep one last time. That, that's how we get these things started. Greetings programs. It's your old buddy Ingrid Burnall. That's Hankrid Fernell. That's me coming at you right here. Loud, proud, strong, and still alive here at Rune Hammer, the podcast made to last. Good to have you guys back. I know it's been a hot, hot minute since you guys have heard from me, but here I am. Found that focus. Managed to block all this crazy out just for long enough. Not just to necessarily just concentrate on the podcast, but to find that energy that you got to have to to deliver something that you mean, right? I mean, if you if you really care about what you're saying, how you're using your your time, your energy, your your words, you got to have the energy to back it up. You can't just have the thought and then be satisfied. At least for me, I need to like 
have the fervor to lock it down. And so I would like to welcome you to the RPG mainframe. This is episode 65, and we're going to get into some nice tasty giblets today to fill up that feast table of the RPG hobby. I, that metaphor just, in my mind, I saw it, but then when I started saying it, it just got really dumb. Like I just saw this like turkey with those weird white things on the legs and I got all distracted. Anyways, mainframe 65 is put very simply in, in one word. It's about timeliness. Okay. So now before we get into the topic of timeliness and how this is going to be useful to you as a game master, as a story creator, as a, an encounter creator, as a theme creator and deliverer, there's a tiny little bit of backstory here that I want to talk about. And, and by tiny, I mean almost three weeks of like scratching my head, freaking out, being distracted, not feeling the different theses that I was coming up with. So it reached such a point that at one point I have a page here in my notebook for um, uh, Mainframe 65 and the topic is called Dead Ends. And I actually wanted to list to you guys all of the different dead ends that I went through <laughs> to try to come up with episode 65. Now, maybe I was just doing this out of self-pity <laughs> or trying to, you know, justify to all you generous patrons out there, my shield wallers, like how this time is spent to create this podcast. But it involved um, this, this boss character that I have in my current game that kind of didn't pan out as a boss. He actually wound up being an ally. And then all the way down to game designs like Pirate's Crown and Viking Death Squad. And then document and book designs that I tried like Tesseract Dagger, even Castle of Mirrors, which I managed to release, but to me felt like a bit of a dead end. And then some of my choose your own adventure books like Nomads of Scar, even things that were finished like Ironheart, I feel was a bit of a creative dead end. I never really felt that and didn't follow through on it strongly. I had another huge um, piece of work called the Runehammer Handbook um, that was going to be sort of setting a lot of the theme ideas aside and getting much more into like a GM's guide and it's a cool idea and you know the illustrations look cool but it just winds up being a dead end i even had at one point um a boxed set of terrain called deep helm that was like cast terrain that i was going to sell in a big box like a tamiya model kit <laughs> and that just turned out to be a, a a huge dead end so i had this whole podcast ready with those and other items that were just dead ends for me, as well as dead end topics on mainframe that I gave up on or that just didn't feel right. And what I was going to try to say was, hey, guys, it's OK to have dead ends. It's OK to not feel it and to keep going. And I was taking my own advice on that. But then I'm like, man, this, this doesn't feel like that, that much of a rally cry. You know what I mean? This feels more like a pity party over here. I don't want no throw no pity party. If I'm going to throw a party, I want it to be. A slamma jamma. I want it to be a pajama jamma jam. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking footies in the front and dubstep out the back. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of party I want to do. Not no pity party. So I said, no, I don't want to do a podcast called Dead Ends. That just does not get me excited. So then away goes my notebook, right? And then back into creative stasis and then working on a game. And, you know, obviously still working on ICRPG 3, 3, uh, 3rd edition and working on other little projects here and there. And mainly just spending a lot of time talking to individual people, just like hanging out on the Discord channel, uh, you know, talking to people through email, which I do a lot of, even though it's not visible. Um, and just sort of leaning into that. And right as I was feeling this sort of energy coming back, we also started feeling the cloud of the virus 
starting to lift just a little bit. And I don't mean like it's over and I really don't even want to get into that as a topic, but I just mean spiritually the the mood of my community here in the great city of Philly, PA was lifting. The mood was getting better. We still have so much to do as far as like, you know, PPE and being smart about how we're living, but that mood was lifting and it was like, oh man, this is great. Like I'm seeing smiles on people's faces again. And when I see smiles on people's faces, I don't know about y'all, but that's when I want to go get creative. I can feel that energy. We're sharing that energy on the planet. And like that, that gets my engine running. Right. And right as that's happening, of course, this sort of the, the unrest or the, the injustice situation that we're facing right now. And again, not something we can get into in this forum, but is clearly something that's not only important to everybody in different ways, but is, is deeply distracting. And I don't want to use that word because it's really, really important. It's more important than a hobby. It's more important than a lot of things, to be totally honest. And so again, I'm, I was derailed right when I was starting to feel it. And then I was like, I can't, I can't look away from all this stuff. I need to be informed. I need to not back down. I need to speak my piece. I need to be vocal. I need to be positive. I need to like send love beams out. I need to find charities that I believe in, you know, and all this stuff, is it good? And is it the right thing to do? And is it inevitable? Is it important right now? Yes. But then there's my notebook sitting on my desk with the rubber band around it. Forlorn and forgotten, <laughs> lost in the ancient cluttered ruins of my desk in the corner of my apartment. <laughs> now, if I had an office, which is a separate room from the one that I live in, maybe I wouldn't see my forlorn journal every few minutes sitting there looking lonely, but I just did, and it was cutting me. So despite all this other stuff that I know all of you are thinking about, and it's terribly important to think about, to find your own place in the world right now, and I think to be positive and to be vocal about that place, I think it's terribly important. But damn it, it also gave me some of the chutzpah. And thanks also to those posting on Discord to come up with and execute this topic right here, which is about timeliness. Okay, so that's my backstory to getting to this moment right here with a microphone in front of me. I'm seeing my meters bounce. And before I get into the, the podcast here about timeliness, I also, I, I do this a lot and I know it may sound repetitive. I don't care. Thank you, you guys. Thank you so much. Not only is my Patreon page still growing, we are approaching a, a goal that I never thought we would reach, to be totally honest. I, and I'm not a pessimist, but a thousand shields in this wall was not something I thought I would achieve because, you know, Patreon is a little difficult as far as like the user experience. It's a little scary, you know, committing to a sort of subscription, you know, even if it's a dollar a month, it can feel like, am I paying through a paywall here? Is this a trick or something? But we continue to grow. The excitement and the energy around the VTT is just unstoppable. The excitement and the creative energy on the forums, if you haven't looked recently, is, I don't really don't have words. It's ridiculous. It's an avalanche. And of course, Discord is always colorful and exciting. We actually did a weekend of total silence on the Discord channel this weekend um, out of respect for the events that are going on in the world. And I think everyone can f probably agree with me who's active on Discord on a regular basis. That was tough. It was tough to let go of all of that because it's a daily experience on that channel and you really do get to know people in a way. And it, it was, you know, it was quiet and it was lonely, but I'm really thankful so much to everybody, not only for supporting me and my tiny little family um, through this, 
Um, I mean, you're, you're paying for our food <laughs> right now. So thank you so that I can continue to focus on that forlorn journal. But I also need to thank everybody for respecting that request to stay quiet over the weekend and to let the hobby sit for just a couple of days. And, and let's take some time to think about what's going on uh, and, and find our own place. And I don't want to represent any given view on that entire thing because it's far too complex to cover here. But I know in my heart, it's important for everyone to think deeply about how they fit in and, and to take positive action to show their love for other people. That I know no matter where you fall on the topic. Um, so, so do that. Find your voice. Be positive. Help somebody anybody, you know, and, and it, to me, it all comes down to, if you see somebody stumble off a curb and twist their ankle and fall down, you know what you do? You help them up. It doesn't matter who they are, who you are, whose fault anything is, what the circumstances are. We're human beings. We love each other. And like, that's the basic grounds from which everything is going to evolve. And it's also part of being a shield, which I know it's sort of a, just a term that we throw around here on the Runehammer Patreon, but it, it really isn't just that. It, it is a way of thinking to be a shield to at least one or two people in this world and to help them no matter what the circumstances. I believe that. And so find your place, get it done. All right. Now, enough of the preamble. You guys are the best. Let's get into the guts here. Okay. Timeliness. Now, what, what even is, what is timeliness? To me, timeliness is when material, let's, for now, we can just think of it as creative material. You know, fiction, role-playing, cartoons, movies, any kind of material, right? I'm not talking about nonfiction. Let's leave that aside for now. It's timely in that it's relevant. And, and I think wanting to be relevant in your hobby work right now is a really natural feeling. It's really natural to be looking at maybe your humdrum or your sort of um, status quo RPG creative work right now and feeling like it, it looks a little colorless. It, it doesn't, I mean, these are intense times on this planet and, you know, just sort of maybe another run through a sort of squiggly, you know, square stone corridor to kill skeletons. It loses some of its color all of a sudden. Did you notice that? It loses some of its shininess. And I think that's because the, the gravity of what we're experiencing in our real lives asks our creative lives to answer that a little bit, to, to know it and to rise to that occasion. And so what this podcast is about is how we can satisfy that feeling, but without just being clumsy about it or, or apish or, or even cruel. And so what I think timeliness is in the context of us being creative as game makers, it's a tactful and, and an honest and an optimistic awareness of current events that manifest in your creativity. So the, the first part is kind of easy, right? You can be tactful. You can have tastes about things, right? You, don't be tacky. Don't have low class and talk about crass things and reinforce negativity. And it's easy to be honest and it's easy to be optimistic. Even though times feel dark, if you look around, there's always love coming out of the nooks and crannies. So I, I think honesty about your feelings about what's going on in the real world and optimism about it. Those are all relatively easy. I think the hard part is applying this and manifesting it. That's a huge word in your RPG creativity. How do I take my optimistic view of what's going on right now 
and make it matter a little bit for my, my, my RPG work so that my creativity feels important. It feels relevant. But at the same time, I just don't want to drag my hobby into the sort of honestly uncomfortable world events we're experiencing. I don't want that. You know, we don't want to steer our D and D campaign into a, a, like a riot theme. (laughs) And so knowing where that balance is, is the very suchness of this podcast. How do we satisfy the urge to be timely and relevant without just apishly dragging ourselves through something honestly we are getting way too much of right now i'm sure all of you can relate to the overdose of information and sometimes anger and care and and just data we're getting overdosed with it so more manifesting in our game that's no good so where do we find this balance okay so the first thing i know we can agree on is you don't want to ape or echo what's going on in the real world in your game Do not do that. (laughs) A great example also is that when the virus was really getting a lot worse in late March, the last thing you want to do is steer your D&D campaign into some kind of big plague story, right? We're already all stressing out enough about it. You don't want to take then your, your three hours off from it every week and bring that topic into the table. Oh my gosh. It's just like eating turkey legs all week long. And then you go over to your friend's house and he says, Hey, guess what? We made a bunch of turkey legs. (laughs) It's just like, no, (laughs) I need a break from it. Okay. So we can all agree that you don't want to just echo what's going on. It's a bad idea. You're already overdosing. Don't do it. The other thing that I think you need to avoid in trying to bring these current events into a, a feeling of relevance is don't retcon them. Don't use your power over your story and your game as the game master to retcon events you're dissatisfied with. Don't say this is a world where we're avoiding a situation like we're seeing the one currently in reality because of X, Y, Z. Well, in my world, there's no unrest because the king did this and the lords of Waterdeep did that. And that's why you're seeing this sort of enforced peace across the world. And, you know, this is kind of an eye roller, right? It's like, I see how you're trying to bring current events into this game. But, dude, you're kind of like, you're kind of taking away the importance of it by, like, retconning it out of existence and saying it's never going to be like that because of X, Y, Z. Don't do that. Because it, again, also that kind of makes your skin crawl, right? It doesn't feel good. You're here to play D&D to have fun and smile and feel good. So don't just retcon away things that you find uncomfortable. Also, the opposite of not retconning. Don't aftermath it. Don't take your game and as a way to co-opt the story of real life events, say, okay, in our D&D world, actually, it's similar to what's happening right now and the real world, only like imagine 20 years from now. And here's going to be the outcome of all this sort of unrest. And, you know, the genre that is the worst with this is the sort of the post-apoc zombie genre. This genre of storytelling always likes to look back on present day and like shake its finger at us about how we did everything wrong and it led to this zombie apocalypse, right? It's a classic element of that genre. And one of the things that really turns me off about it, because to me, it, it it whitewashes the actual struggle of what people are going through and shakes its finger like, <laughs> you made the world end, you made the world end. And now Tank Girl is funny. You know? <laughs> so my advice is not to aftermath it. 
Don't put your game after a thing that's like the real world as a way to shape it to your will. Because again, I think it, it sort of makes your skin crawl a little bit. So that's enough negative, right? It's, it's enough negativity about what not to do as far as bringing timeliness in. How about some positivity, Hank? Come on, let's get to optimistic. You told me that in the beginning, right? Can we do that, please? I think the key here to doing this, there's I've got like three ideas, but they all fall under one umbrella, which is seeing further. And I don't think we need to look much further than our, our old homie, J.R.R. Tolkien, which is why I put that little clip at the beginning of the podcast to find what this seeing further principle feels like. Now, everybody knows that scene in the Hornburg from the two towers. Theoden King loses his faith. He loses his courage for a second. He, he basically sees defeat and can't look past it. And there's a moment where he's just like, we're toast. Of course, Aragorn says, the only thing to do now is to just freaking go all in. There's no other path. Now, this idea, of course, applies to fantasy worlds and battles and climactic moments. But when I say see further as an overarching principle for making things feel timely, no one did this better than J.R.R. Tolkien as far as fantasy goes. Seeing further means you find in your fantasy story or your sci-fi story a thread of spirit that transcends its setting or its details, absolutely transcends it. And in transcending those details, it also transcends time. The moment that Theoden goes through that doubt and that Aragorn says, no, dude, it ain't over till it's over, bro. We're going to ride up. We're going to get your armor, grab your shield, and we're going to roll these fools. We're going to show them how we do it up in here. That moment is truly, to me, timeless. And because of current events that we're going through in the world, it's timely. That exchange between Theoden and Aragorn is happening inside each one of us right now. It's like you're looking at all this chaos and you're just like, the fuck am I supposed to do right now, man? We're toast, bro. <laughs> but you are both Theoden and Aragorn. And you can find that Aragorn in yourself and you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go outside and I'm going to smile at somebody. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you don't have to kill all the Urukai <laughs> to, to do this. You got to, you know, get out and spread a little bit of love. And you can do it through your RPG work, through your game mastering, through your storytelling. You make yourself timely by engaging in themes that help us right now, but that also transcend the problems that we're going through. Remember, Tolkien's overall tone was all built from his experiences in World War I. And the lessons, the terrible, honestly, lessons that he learned in that experience and his ability to filter them down and condense them into these wonderful scenes have become immortal and they still apply today. So not only was he timely in his day, he's still timely. And this to me is a perfect example of how to execute 
RPG and fantasy and sci-fi creativity in a way that doesn't just echo what's going on. It doesn't just repeat the events of the day and drag you through more mud. It says, you know what? Times like these, people have a, have a way of rising up. And here's how we're going to celebrate it. And here's how we're going to work through all the details of this story. Okay, so how do you get this done? There's three ideas I have, and I bet there's 25 more that I haven't even thought of that you're already percolating your brain on. First one, make it age well. Make your stuff age well. If it's like two weeks from now and and maybe things have changed, they've gotten worse or maybe they've gotten better, and, and the idea you had for this one-shot session that was all about rioting suddenly sort of seems in poor taste or it seems kind of out of date, it didn't age well. So try to see a farther picture to where your material will age well. And in 5, 10, 20 years from now, you'll still have that warm, fuzzy feeling about what happened. And that may not sound like a big thing, right? Like we're talking in decades now, Hankering? Are you nuts? But we've all who've been playing a long time, we all have memories of games that are that far back that we will never forget. And you can accomplish that memorability. Now, here's a, here's a nice one that has a bit of a ring to it, but the content, I think, is more important than the ring, which is be timeless in your thesis, but timely in your theme. And that's exactly what I was talking about with Tolkien, right? His thesis is timeless. His thesis says, in times of terrible chaos and despair, people are not perfect. They can have times where they just want to give up. They're out of energy. They can't go on. They're looking off into space. They're overwhelmed. But if they look to, their, to the next person, if they look to those around them, and if they band together, they can find a way. That was Tolkien's thesis. Timeless. But his theme was very timely. Namely, that all of Lord of the Rings feels somewhat like World War I as far as this sort of black metal industrial force of evil and the good folk who sacrificed to resist it. So his theme was timely, but his thesis was timeless. Because let's face it, the problems that we're facing in the world right now are very, very different from World War I. <laughs> Talk about the understatement of the decade, right? <laughs> very, very different. But the thesis that he made still feels timeless to me. And I think this is a beautiful way to not only make what you're doing relevant, but to make it outlast its own relevance. Okay, and then finally, use counterpoint to show these optimistic possibilities that you're dreaming up. Now, this one's a little heady. Wait, what do you mean? Using counterpoint to show possibility is best exhibited in, get ready for this one, Wakanda. Now, y'all know about Black Panther, and some of us have been reading some Black Panther comics back into the day, you know, and he's made some different appearances here and there in the Avengers and whatnot. But especially the portrayal in the new movie, it is a demonstration of this possibility, this possibility of this kind of like African celebration nation, right? That's what Wakanda is. It's like the best of the African civilization brought into a hyper-modern setting. That's what it is to me. And this to me is a great way of showing a fictional counterpoint to our current world as a demonstration of an optimistic possibility. Instead of 
dragging the story through the mud of the unpleasantness of current events. This counterpoint says, you know what? There's a possible world where this is not only resolved, this is amazing. And the history is still there. The struggle was still there. That's all still part of our sort of backstory, if you will. But look how the optimism of all that work became this. And, and, and the this in this sentence is a capital T. And that is your RPG setting, your adventure, your one shot, your, your next night, your room design. But you find the inspiration for it in the optimism of the struggle of what's going on. So I'm not going to end the podcast by telling you what you should be creating. I never do that. For one thing, my brain is too small to come up with that kind of stuff. (laughs) But what I want to do is call on you to accept that you're probably feeling something like I am, which is your heart wants your creativity to be important. You don't want to look at D&D as a hobby, as trite or silly in the context of world events. That's a crappy feeling. I don't want to think of that. I don't want to consider that. And I think that one of the reasons you don't want to feel that is because that's not real. That's not accurate. It is important. If anything, hobbies and creativity and humor and art are more important in times of struggle. But they are called upon to answer a slightly higher standard of storytelling and theme building that doesn't wash away our current troubles, but it also doesn't continuously drag us through them either. It's something that's not quite in the middle. It's just ahead of the middle. And that's why we come all the way back to that condition, which is to be honest and to be optimistic. Be honest about what you think about what's going on. And then be optimistic about it. And on this one, I can't negotiate. I am a true believer in the importance of reinforcing optimism. Am I always optimistic? Hell no. Man, sometimes I'm I'm barely getting through making coffee. And I'm like, oh man, when is this going to let up? (laughs) But optimism to me is one of the absolute roots of good creativity. It's looking at a hobby that may seem silly in the context of world struggle and being optimistic that it matters, that you as an individual matter, that your humor and that the the bright look in your face and the bright look in your work brightly and positively affects other people. And so it is part of the struggle and it is a positive part of the struggle. And it comes back to that optimism. You dug deep and you found what tiny little shred of optimism you have left and you channel it into this creativity. And that's where it stops being silly and maybe feeling like small in the scope of things because it's not. It it, it is a garden where you're growing optimism and it manifests in the stories that we tell about our worlds. So in some ways, really dark themes might be a little bit harder to execute for a while. Have you noticed? I don't know if you guys have felt this, but I definitely have. I've been watching a little more comedy entertainment recently than I normally do. I normally prefer really dark entertainment. (laughs) Take that however you want. It's kind of weird once I said it out loud, but 
Lately, I've been wanting to see, you know, something lighter and a little more humorous. I think that's part of the same movement. Be part of that. Contribute optimism to those three or four or five players that huddle around the campfire of your creativity once a week and see what you've cooked up for them this time. And they take it as a cue, right? They, they take what you've come up with as the conditions of the session and then they'll, they'll echo it back to you. It's kind of like if you give someone a stern look on the sidewalk as you walk past them, you get a stern look in return. But if you smile, you say, how you doing? You usually get a smile in return. You get a good, good. The same thing applies with our hobby. And it's, damn it, how we're going to garden our brightness and our optimism through all this stuff. And we're going to come out the other end. It may seem like it's a long way off. It may seem like I don't know what to do. But we are going to come out the other end. And there's that optimism talking. And it's true. It's just true. Actually, a, a wise man in my past once said a quote that I really like, which is, pessimists are always right. If you think things are just screwed, thinking it makes it for you right. You're never going to be mistaken. <laughs> so don't be like that. <laughs> be bright, be patient and manifest it in your hobby and give yourself that warm, fuzzy feeling being reminded that your hobby fricking matters even in crazy times. And that is what making timely RPG content for your players, for yourself is all about. I feel pretty good. <laughs> I know I feel a little bit better. I've been stewing on this damn thing for weeks. And then to just sit down, pull out the microphone and say, I'm freaking doing this. Whether I stumble through parts of it or my notes don't look complete. I got all arrows all over the place. It's a mess. Went for it. Feeling great. You guys, that's it for me. I'm going to sign off. Everybody, stand firm with me. Find your voice. Believe in the importance of your creativity. Keep hacking away at this. Chipping away. Look to your left. There stands your shield. And I mean those words. They have all kinds of different versions that we can use. And in my case, it's you guys are the ones shielding me. And I just, I thank you. My family thanks you. I'm just so happy and excited that we're still growing and I'm going to keep digging deep to keep coming up with more stuff. One final piece of housekeeping index card RPG third edition is definitely coming along now. It's really only, it's almost my, my exclusive focus right now. So I know that every poll that I've ever done on Patreon, you guys have said, just work on that. Will you, will you damn it? <laughs> and uh, that was what, five months ago. And I'm finally sort of here. Actually, it's more like six months ago. Wow. It's November. I'm finally here. I'm in the thick of it. It's going to be great. If you want to contribute to the conversation of what it's going to become, jump on the Discord channel. We're in there every damn day talking about crazy stuff. All right. Thank you guys so much. Stay safe out there, everybody. Be strong. Stand up. Be vocal. And take care of one another, okay? And I will see you guys on the internet. That's all angry burn all here. Keep it real. Do not steal. You're always going to get a deal. Believe in what you feel. I'm out.